Welcome to our newest adventure for first responder wellness. No one fights alone. In-depth conversations about mental health and culture in the first responder space. We're joined by your co-hosts, Austin Pedersen and Brad Shepard. Austin, buddy, what's up? Barely surviving, Brad. That's that's what's up. It has been... Uh, <laughs> listen, I think it's important to know you that you know, both of us have, have our own mental health things that we deal with on a daily basis. And, you know, we work through those and we found a way to be happy and to live and to live a fulfilling life. But man, when it snows in April, the amount that it snowed, I mean, the last three days have been killing me. It's, it's been about five, six inches a day, more in some parts. And it's supposed to be 50 60 70 degrees and i'm i'm dying man you all are getting uh y'all are getting your asses handed to you in white flakes up there in utah california north california wyoming colorado pretty rough well i mean there's no sun like that's the thing is is a lot of this seasonal depression stuff and they've done a ton of research on it and a ton of people you know seasonal dis uh, affective disorder i think it is or something like that where when you don't get the vitamin C, when you're stuck inside or vitamin D and you're stuck inside and you have, you know, not a ton to do, you just kind of start losing it a little bit. And I'm, I'm right there. And I, I didn't grow up in this. Like I, I'm not used to this. Uh, I've been here for 10 years, so I should be by now, but even, you know, a few years back, I would work outside in the snow cause I just had to, had to do it, had to get out and do something. Yeah. But there's usually some type of reprieve. Uh, and, and you all aren't seeing it up there. No, just a constant blinding snowstorm every morning. You're looking forward to doubling your drive time, waiting on car crashes, white snow everywhere. Yeah. It's miserable. I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole thing there that goes with that seasonal, you know, that seasonal depression or the impact of seasonal disaffective disorder, uh, seasonal affective disorder. Sorry, let me say that right. There we go. You know apathetic uh rolls in that's the i don't care bug you know i don't give a shit i don't want to do anything i want to lay around i feel sleepy sluggish brain foggish you know i had that last week from my uh from my travel so i share that a little bit with you i don't have it the seasonal seasonal issues but uh man travel last month kicked my tail well and that's what i want to talk to you about because i thought it was very interesting i've known you for a few years and and you used the term which i i pondered on quite a bit after and you know you said hey I've, I've been doing stuff this last week that brad doesn't do right and and so like what was going on with that i mean you know yeah i was uh man i don't I, i'm usually um i'm usually kind of on it i'm usually kind of sharp you know with focus i just i couldn't i couldn't really focus i couldn't really just sit down and spend time like what I normally do, just working. Um, I find I, I wasn't necessarily irritable, but I was sluggish, a little bit of brain fog, um, things that I was, uh, you know, I pick up on cues pretty quick. I wasn't, I didn't, my memory wasn't as good. And I, man, what's well, something's off here. And really get to look in fact significant i think i told you this i i went to the doctor like let, let's let's make sure physically i've got stuff going on right and but i think uh you know i admitted to you later i didn't that last week of travel i didn't take my some of my 
self-care stuff, my journals, I didn't take them with me. I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't practicing that portion. And I mean, it showed, it was just, it, it showed that, Hey, you kind of took some time off. So, uh, mental health wise, we're going to slow down or shut down. Well, and do you, do you have like an affinity for the doctor or you strongly dislike the doctor? Cause to me, and he, Oh, I hate doctors. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is like, I think both of us won't do that unless we have to, right? Like that's a, like a nervous last resort type of thing. Yeah. I had a, uh, a doctor that I do, I do care for her. She's a holistic medicine doctor. She's, she's sharp. She's on it. She's friendly. She's nice. She gets, you know, gets the whole, my kind of terrible attitude toward medicine, but, uh, you know, I trust her. We've developed a rapport, a relationship there. And I mean, she kind of, she picks on me about my terrible attitude towards being a good patient. Reality is, you know, I, I recognize that's an important component. Uh, that goes back to, you know, several, several issues or, or learning, I guess, this process. Uh, I go back to that book, uh, Nick Kumalade's book, Excommunicated Warrior. That was one of his big deals in that book. Go get physically healthy. How do you know you're not physically healthy? Take that component out of the equation, right? Make sure, make sure that's not an unknown. Make it a known. You could have something going on. If you've got something going on, then fix it. And I've tried to adopt that. And, and uh, so that was one of the things I told you. I said, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm off. First thing I'm going to do is go get checked out. I'm going to go to the doctor, get my stuff checked out. And then um, all these other things that I know work for my recovery. And uh, yeah. And yeah, that was uh, anything come back that you didn't one little step, anything come back that you didn't know about though. Right. Like, or were they saying, Hey, you're healthy. Just you need to take yeah. care of yourself better. Is that, Oh, she scolded me for, for my diet. I mean, we talk a lot about diet and nutrition. I mean, that's a huge component of our health. I think it's under appreciated and, and under exaggerated, uh, about how important, uh, nutrients are taking in the right amount of carbs. I mean, I, I work out a lot and, uh, I know that about, I mean, I take in a lot of protein and carbs. If I'm not taking those right, then, you know, the body's, the body's going to be searching for something to fill that space with. Yeah. I mean, no, I've done it too. I mean, I look at, I was having issues with just eating out a bunch because I felt like I was so busy that I didn't have time to cook, which was obviously bullshit, right? Like that's the stuff we tell ourselves in order Mm -hmm. to just make life like, you know, insignificantly easier. And I switched over and started eating better. And magically, just magically, uh, suddenly I have energy levels again. Suddenly I'm sleeping a little bit better. Like it doesn't make, it makes so much sense. Right. And like, I have the, the Apple watch that tracks your sleep and magically the last two weeks I'm sleeping more, I'm sleeping more thoroughly through the night and like, I'm getting more core and getting all of the, that deep sleep. It's, it's such stupid shit that we never want to do, but yet we find ourselves exiting some of our, you know, personal care stuff in order to make room for other things, which then all of a sudden we're depressed again, or all of a sudden we're struggling a little bit or brain fog or, or whatever it is like th- those things come in and you're like, well, I wonder why this is happening. My life is so good. Things aren't bad in my life. And it's like, well, what about all the other factors that you're not taking care of? Right. It, I mean, it, it, you're talking about intentionality. Um, you know, what, what are you focused on? We're all focused on something. Uh, it's a matter of where we're putting our focus and, and being intentional about food intake, nutrition intake, being intentional about sleep, being intentional about uh, the, whatever mental health activities 
bring you, you know, joy or peace or contentment or whatever you're searching for, you know, Rumi said, whatever, whatever you seek, seeks you. Well, the plain and simple of that is, you know, if you're, if you're looking to sleep good, uh, then you're going to do all the things that are, that are going to make you sleep good, which is the intentionality of that, uh, is, you know, put your phone down, start preparing, uh, you know, Matthew Walker in that book. He said, start pre- preparing yourself for sleep two hours before you go to sleep, which is, you know, are you eating right? Are you getting, are you getting body, your body prepared to go to sleep? And and the reason I bring that up is that, that, that was a two hour time difference. So it jacked my internal clock up and I wasn't being intentional about sleeping. It, I, you know, I was, I would still be up watching TV at midnight or one in the morning, then couldn't figure out why I was sluggish or, you know, no, no energy. And I mean, you, you just kind of put all that to the side for just a few days. And next thing you know, you feel like shit. Well, and that, that was kind of where I was at. Yeah. And I mean, like, think about it this way. Sometimes I laugh at the fact that we do a wellness podcast, right? Cause like you have two dudes who obviously are in recovery. We've made that evident throughout, but you know, we don't talk about our own mental health issues very often. We're so focused on guests or whoever we bring on that we don't talk about some of the, some of the struggles that we face or some of the things we have to do in order to to keep our mental health steady, right? Because I mean, I remember struggling Absolutely. with suicidal ideation since I was a child. You know, that's that's something that I've overcome as I've gotten older and learned how to deal with it. But like, it makes me laugh that we bring these amazing guests on. We talk about all this stuff, and you have input in on what they're doing. And then it's like a little stark reminder that like, Oh wait, stop doing some of these things and you can be right back where you were. Irritable. Absolutely. Discontent. All yeah. That. Irritable, restless and discontent. That's straight out of the book. The, uh, uh, you know, that's another thing getting, uh, going back to, you know, my circle of influence here in Oklahoma of my, my AA group of, you know, there's some accountability piece there when, because you can't, can't just say, Hey, I'm doing fine. When they ask you how's things going, that's, that's not how that works. You know, I had a pretty shitty week. Well, why? Okay. Here, boom, boom, boom. Here's what's up. Um, but no, I could not, um, I could not agree with you more. We, we, I think it's great that you and I jump on here and actually just, you know, be vulnerable enough to here's my life. Here's my journey. Here's my, um, you know, my process, my ups and downs. Uh, my, uh, good friend of mine told me, uh, when I started into this journey, he said, Hey, you're going to have a lot of bad days. The good days are and a few good days. Those good days are going to get more and more. And the bad days are going to get less and less. And you'll get to a point where you don't have that many bad days, but you are going to have bad days. It's just, that's how it's going to go. You know, and the optimal level would be really doing everything intentionally to minimize those bad days. Cause the reality is we're carrying with us this backpack of trauma or shit, whatever, whatever you want to call it with us every day. I mean, it's, it's, it's there for life. It's not, not going away. It's how we manage it and balance it, uh, within ourselves and being intentional about what we seek, whether it's, you know, joy, peace, sleep, eating, right, good physical health, making sure your heart, your tickers working right. Blood pressure is going good. And, uh, you know, that, that was one thing she said, she said, I feel like you're your anxiety's high. And I said, yeah, I feel like it is. She said, well, let's check your blood pressure. It was 112 over 87. Okay. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> my, my blood pressure is great, but I mean, my, my, I'm like up here, like, 
okay so and she knows me well enough now she's like okay what are you doing what and what are you not doing uh which is a very intentional question towards my recovery oh yeah well and that's here's the interesting thing is like i i put this expectation on myself quite a bit that like to have those bad days i should not be having those bad days i mean this is it's irrational and i completely know it's irrational but when i'm going through that <laughs> i'm like you have no right i like shame myself into telling myself that i i have no right to to be having a bad day um you know whether it's work is stressful or you know i i can't help but sometimes get emotionally invested into clients that we deal with whether it's i like them as a person or their similarities in our story or i take on a little bit too much of of whatever they got going on I mean, even the the one the the podcast we re, we did recently with uh, you know Blue Cancer Connect it 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 hit home a little bit right. I was like fucked up for the rest of the day. I'm like, man, oh, this yeah. is just so sad. Oh, yeah. Like life is fucked up for a lot of people, and we and I choose to like take on that instead of being like, man, this is the world. Uh, you know, let's work through this. Let's talk about it with somebody. Let's go to a meeting. I mean, both of us are huge proponents of AA and. I do find myself if I miss out on some type of of uh, meeting or some type of of group setting, I don't get the value out of my my work that I'm doing on myself. Right, like it's it's I'm not talking about anything. I'm keeping things really internalized, and then I just I get angry, I get annoyed, uh, I get all of those type of things on other people. So at, the only people that are feeling the backlash is everyone else in my life, right? Like only the people that love me. I mean, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, we uh, we hurt those around us the most uh, when we're not in the good space that we should be in, and we know we know. Well, I, I don't want to make an assumption that all the listeners know, but for the most part, we know when we're off, and we know either the path to get back on the right path, or we know people who can help us. And I. I you're going back to your blue cancer connect uh comment I, that was heavy yeah that was that was really heavy and i was already in a headspace uh in a mental space of uh you know that was what i was saying i wasn't doing all that great and uh, man that was just that was another one of those confirmations of oh my goodness i was not prepared for how heavy that was uh mentally and emotionally i mean i knew it was going to be heavy i knew enough about it to know that it was and you just when she when she started telling some of those stories it was you could just feel the hurt and the pain come through those stories and like man that's rough yeah but it's a beautiful mission right like that's that's what you got to get back to is like people it's so crazy to me it's actually not crazy but it it's something that has always wowed me uh to a point that like people are willing to bring that pain and suffering into their life to help others. Like that's a tough thing to do. If you're, if your life is constantly revolving around others who are hurting and suffering, like you've got to learn to, to cope with that and deal with that. And if it's your mission and if it's, that's a beautiful mission because you are now focusing on other people's struggles and trying to help them work through that. And, and it's different than being like a therapist or something like that, you know, like that's, and it's the difference between the job that we do. Like we get paid to do what we do to bring people into treatment, to help them and do everything like that. Like that's, that's something I've always told people is like, that doesn't help me be healthy or happy or stay sober or anything like that, because I have to separate the fact that like I am getting a paycheck to do this. 
Like, is it the right thing to do? Of course. And it's, and it's good. It helps people. It's always all those other things, but it will never fulfill my soul because I know I'm getting paid for it. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it makes sense. I do think there's a passion involved for you. Uh, and I both, I mean, I, I hear the passion in your voice helping another human out of their, out of their dark spaces is, is I see the passion in you for that. But man, there's just something about that C word, um, that when you take that on and start having conversations within it, 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 it just brings this whole kind of weird vibe to it. That we're all vulnerable that we're all, we're all susceptible to getting it at any moment. And it's a, on some levels, uh, it's just that stark reality of, we don't, we just have very little control in, <laughs> yeah. in this life, you know, of, of at any moment you or I could be sitting here cells building. In fact, I've been told that we all possess cancer cells within our body. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of, how they grow and whether your immune system fights them back. And I'm not a medical uh, expert. I, I don't know. I just, that's what I've been told, but uh, you know, that that's a scary component to, to having those conversations. And that was a hard conversation. That was hard. Oh yeah. It puts, it puts life into perspective, right? Because there's also this piece to it, which like, you know, I, I don't get on social media a ton, but I have to get on it this morning and a good friend of mine, a good dude, lovely family, you know, has every year for spring break, they go on vacation and every year they kind of put out a little, little brag post or whatever, you know, they did take a bunch of selfies and whatever it is. And, you know, then they'll post their vacation. And this year he posted the pre and then he posted a picture of the car crash that they got in and on the way to spring break. And the car was completely smashed. Like he must've rolled over airbags, everything. And we got, we're talking like three kids, you know, him and his wife and a dog, they're all okay, right? First off, I want to say that. But the reality that he put out to people was like, you just never know. Like, none of us expected this. Here's our here's our pre-picture, right, that we take every year and lovely, happy family. And here's this that happened on the way there. Like, hug your loved ones. Let them know how grateful you are for them. And just live life for today and, and the joy that you have with with everyone around you. And that was, that was really meaningful to me. That stuck out a lot to me today, actually. You know, I tell people I love them more than I ever did in the, in the past, probably 18 months. I tell people I love them more than I probably did the previous 20 years. And there's something about that, you know, going through that and recognizing and making a significant life change as to how you value people and how you value your own life and your own journey. But Man, you know, that's a philosophical question. What would what would life be like if we lived it that we literally may die tomorrow? There's there's some assumptions we make as humans that I'm gonna be around here for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the one thing you're never gonna get back is time. Whatever's whatever you did yesterday is gone. You'll never get that back. So, you know, today's really important. You know, there's some philosophical things that go along with that. And, you know, planning and and is all well and good. Uh, but living in the now, and that's the that's the whole mindfulness uh, part of living in this recovery journey and being mindful of really the present and knowing, hey, I'm going to spend some time with Austin because he's a great dude, great mind, great friend, and be focused there. 
because I remember so many times working as a first responder, you're just constantly looking at the future, constantly looking at threats, constantly looking at the, and it trains your brain then to look at other things in the future. Well, what about this? And what about that? And when you're sitting there with your kids or sitting there with your loved one, you're just not really there, you know, so many times. Well, and it's a blink of an eye, man. Like that's, that's the thing is you talk to a lot of people that, you know, I don't have children yet. I hope to one day, but it's their childhood's a blink of an eye, right? Like that's, I mean, even my twenties or whatever, you know, my, it it was a blink of an eye and, and I wasted away half my twenties too. And, and so, you know, there was obviously, I would live in regret for a couple of years after that, like, man, I, I didn't do anything really with my life until I turned 25. And a lot of people are that way, but it was like this shameful thing. And it was like, no, that just turned you into who you are today, right? Like that just gave you values. It gave you, you know, understanding of how the world works and and everything like that. And you can take that for what it is and move on and be a better person moving forward. Or you can just sit in the past and wallow and, you know, say, hey, I should have done this. I should have done that. And that doesn't do any good for you. Well, it's the it's the same old uh, live in regret or live in worry, you know, regrets in the past, worries in the future. Um, but that that learning how it and again, I go back to that word intentional. Um, that was kind of what we were talking about initially, um, you know, coming out of um, that seasonal affective disorder or just having the blues or just or maybe actually having some mental health uh, things come back to bear. Uh, if you're not intentional about focusing out of those things, lack of intentionality will spiral you into where you don't want to be. Yeah. Man, it's crazy. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I, I, I've always, I really want to talk about this subject because I love this. I love this conversation because I've had it with so many people over the last decade on, you know, um, what they what they see is their definition of success right and like you know anyone that's struggled or even somebody that hasn't struggled like they all have this view of what being successful is or uh happy i mean you can change that word success around quite a bit and it's drastically different from every single person right like i mean the the hundreds of people i talk to um to family to friends to you know anyone which is you if you ask them that question you're going to get a different answer right and that's oh Oh, absolutely absolutely you know from a from a just my own personal cop trooper law enforcement background you it it sounds a little bit morbid but most first responders understand you kind of already have embraced death um very a lot of a lot of cops a lot of firefighters they already have a picture in their mind what their funeral is. You know, they already have, they've already, they've already undertaken this. <laughs> I'm, I may not live very long. It's not that they want to die. Yeah. That's a vast difference. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? Of wanting to die and actually being prepared to lose your life. That's a, that's a, you know, different conversations. Um, but I've, I've, uh, you know, daydreamed about what my funeral would look like. And you, at the end of the day are used to, I would think, well, I just hope some people can show up and actually acknowledge that I had a space in this um, world somewhere, you know, that somebody, and, and then to transition through that, there were certain aspects of what does success look like, then it's financial or it's career or it's, you know, and I've had, I've had some failures along my way, but I've had some, 
successes in in achieving some of my goals that I wanted to achieve. I did those. But, you know, here I sit 54 years old and uh in recovery, alcoholic, PTSD. My 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 measuring stick for success is peace and serenity and love. And you know, those are the those are the standards um and you know they're almost immeasurable it's it's hard to and they're elusive you know just like we were talking initially uh if i'm not doing if i'm not being intentional about the things that i know bring that peace and bring that serenity and bring that ability to love outward um then then i'm off track and you know i think i think it's a great topic because depend on depend on age and maturity and you know what 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 life stage you're at you're going to get a you know hundreds of different answers on that question i feel like oh yeah well and it's going to be whether it's physically tangible too right like a lot of people will base success off of physical things house car you know job sure clothes shoes whatever it may be right and when you're a younger age, all of those things, in especially in my you know younger twenties and everything like that, like that's what that was. Success to me was the job, the car, the house, the girl, right? Like that's all of the things. Mm-hmm. The only things that really mattered. It wasn't any of the peace, love, happiness, serenity. Like you know, I think as you get older, you know, things change. But then also too, you have this is the part that I think is interesting is like at different phases of your life, especially say you have to go to treatment or say you have to go to therapy or say there's some life altering situation, right? Like your definition of success is changes as well, because it could be, I don't want to drink anymore, or it could be, I want to save my marriage, or it could be, I just don't want to have suicidal ideation. You know, it, it, success is completely different. And that's, that's also been proven like clinically that, it's it, it's okay to to have different thoughts on what success is because some people I'm a firm believer of this I, some people and it says this in the big book as well that um, there's not not everybody's an alcoholic right there are those that have found themselves in a precarious situation and have found themselves beyond uh, you know found themselves in a place where they can't stop right and so they you know quit drinking or whatever it may be and you know I'm magically kind of life gets better. Right. And Bill talks about that, that, that there's not, everyone's an alcoholic. Then there's people like you and me, right. That's, you know, time, time has proven that we are and we're pickled. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's big change. And so like, especially today with like life surroundings and the way that mental health has changed in the approach, like they've gone away from shaming people into certain things. It's been more, much more of a collaborative measure on how to help people. I've really found that success can just be somebody who's like, Hey, you know what? I just want to get back together with my wife. I want to be there for my kids and I want to show up to work every day. That's it. I want to okay, Yeah. I, I, think about the, you know, the 15 year old, uh, young man that, that all he wants is to ask that pretty girl out on a date when, once he overcomes that fear and once he overcomes that, uh, that barrier of, and finds himself, holding hands with that girl is that success hell yeah that's success absolutely you know and at that stage so if you if you you know that's hard to quantify but you look at that through you know age and wisdom and maturity and um you know experience and and life throwing different hurdles at you so your perspectives are going to change uh and and 
yeah, the typical thing is the the house, the family, the the property, you know, that's but the but the you know that that peace and and serenity is is a lot more elusive and is a lot more difficult to find even when it's intentional. Uh the un- unintentional and I I see, you and I both see we see a lot of unhappy people out there. You know, they're that they're they're the walking version of success. Uh, but they are miserable human beings. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But that's been the new thing. And I think, you know, podcasts and uh video or YouTube, whatever it may be, has kind of like sent that message out a little bit more that it's not necessarily like a financial piece that makes people happy. You know, the the quote that money doesn't make uh me happy. I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that money can make life a lot easier and um you know oh, relieve, absolutely. relieve some natural stresses i mean you look at aces so aces is advanced childhood uh, experiences for people that don't know well the higher you're it's a, it's a 10 question questionnaire it's a yes or no and it was put out in the 80s and it's statistically proven through 40 years that the higher your aces score the more likely you are to suffer from depression anxiety substance abuse all of those type of things and that's a safety yeah, of your environment, right? It was how you grew up. Is your, you know, are your parents incarcerated? Did you have to worry about your meal? Did you have to worry about shelter? All that kind of stuff. And so, you know, that that has been proven that that does coincide with how someone grows up. So, I, I but there's also a stopping point for that, right? Like, there's, I think it was Jordan Peterson or someone said, hey, once you make sixty thousand dollars or above, your quality of life really doesn't change that much. Like, you know, overall you do have, you know, more, uh, ability to buy extras, but at 60,000, you can afford a shelter. You can afford a car, not an, you know, not super nice car by any means, but, and you can afford food. Once again, not like, you know, these fine dining steak restaurants, but you can afford a few things. And so there, there is a, a stopping point for that, where it becomes about you as a person and what you can do uh, in order to improve your life. I mean, does that sound? Oh, yes. I, but also I think, uh, there's a component in there of just, uh, overcoming difficulty, overcoming hurdles in life that, that, uh, bring you to this sense of, of success and accomplishment of, you know, and, and I just this couple of days ago, my youngest son, who's 26, he got thrown a curveball, and, and, you know, it, it culminated into, what other people may think about him if in his mind, what not to get in too deep with it, but in his mind, he, he had failed something. And, you know, you and I both know now that uh, failures breed success. That's, that's what the way that works. You and I, we, we know this now. Oh yeah. Uh, but as a young man, you know, those are, you should always win no matter what. Well, guess what? You're not going to. Uh, the reality is, are you surrounding yourself with people who, can give you the best avenue or mechanism to be successful. Um, and his, in his mind, he had failed and he was worried about people's impressions. And I said, you know, most people out there who are going to uh, rejoice in your failure, uh, don't understand your road to success anyway. So what do you, what is it you want? Where are you going to, how are you going to get there? Uh, let's back up, realign and go, go get what we want. That's, that's the, that's the true path to success there. And then it becomes more than just a, tangible, whatever you're looking for, then it becomes much more embedded into you. Okay. I'm an overcomer. I am, I'm an accomplisher. I can do things uh, when faced with adversity and I can uh, accomplish things when I'm 
you know, I've, I've failed or I've had these hurdles. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's part of that wisdom and experience process. Oh yeah. But here's the thing too is, and this is a little bit of a play on words. And so I want to try and say it as best I can, which is some of your biggest failures turns in turn into your biggest successes, right? Like that's, that's oh, something yeah. I oh, truly yeah. believe in. Like my, if, if my life would have been successful when I was young and would have turned out the way that I thought it would, uh, I would not have had the opportunity to do all of these things that I do today, which is, you know, work across the country, do this podcast. I wouldn't be involved in this podcast. I wouldn't have the ability to talk about this shit because I haven't been through it or understood it in, in this particular mindset. We didn't talk about it at home. We, you know, I don't have a mother and father who talked about feelings like that's not a thing. And so all of those <laughs> major failures that I spent, I mean, my, my, the first seven years of my adult life uh, from seven, 18 to 25, those, those are some of my biggest quote unquote failures, right? But they turned into my biggest successes for the next 10 years of my life. Like those, those are what caused me to, to be okay with failing and to be okay with moving into the next sector of my life and trying again. And if it didn't work, fuck it, do it again. Like what, do something different. Let's change it. Let's try something else. And that's, that's the thing is I think a, a lot of people are just frozen by that feeling that they are going to fail. Absolutely. But you can look back on that now and not all aspects of it because some of it was very hurtful, but a lot of those aspects you can look back and laugh now and think, man, I was a dumbass. Oh yeah. You know, I, I, you know, you look back, like, what was I thinking? You know, what was I doing? Uh, <laughs> and, and a lot of those areas you, you, you're living in the moment or you're striving for something that's, that's, you know, not really ends up not being the success piece that you really want. So. Uh, yeah, it's such a, such a great topic. It's a it's incredibly elusive because tomorrow what you, you view as your success scale is going to be different than today, which is different than yesterday. Just, uh, just really fascinating to have conversations, but I do like the topic because I mean, it needs to always be in front of us. And again, I go back to that word intentionality. Uh, if we're not intentional towards this, then, you know, we lose whatever ground we've gained, we've already lost it. Um, but to be intentional of, you know, just like the original conversation of seasonal affective disorder, if you're, if you want to stay there, then being un, unintentional about your, you know, your moodiness and feeling bad. And, but you know, you're, you're likely, are, you know, what are you doing? What let's, let's circle back to that point. What are you doing for seasonal affective disorder? Are you doing anything intentional about it? Well, I wasn't until I came to a head, right? Like this last week, especially because I think that I was under the impression that this would be over by now. So like in my head, I'm like, I just got to make it, <laughs> got to make it to April 1st. If I make it to April 1st. I, slammed again. Yeah. And it's been the worst. It has been in a couple of weeks, but you know, now I do understand what, I, you know, there's, there's a few different things that I need to do. And that's, that's getting back to some of these weekly meetings that I'm going to, I, I missed out on, um, a uh, meeting that I go to weekly for like a month and, you know, I'm getting text messages and shit. People are calling me like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. Um, you know, that's, that's a start off, right? Like get back to what you're doing. And then I started eating healthier, which sure. then did help as well. And, oh yeah. Oh, simple, stupid shit, man. Like I, I always think that that's the dumbest stuff is, uh, the small things. I hate the small things more than anything else. I, I'm like, I gotta do a big change. I gotta do something huge. Yeah. let's rip out all the floors in my house. Like, you know, something weird <laughs> like that. 
and that will change everything. And that's just not realistic, but that's what I go to, you know, and it's dumb. And I know through trial and error, though, also, because I have done those things where I've ripped out the entire floor and get it done. I'm like, oh, that didn't help anything at all. Actually, uh, just made me stress even more for like two or three weeks until I get it done. But it's it's a learning process for me, right? Like that's but and also including it, that's my definition of success is not making rash decisions and doing weird things around and just taking life one day at a time like we're supposed to like we're taught to 24 hours, you know, one day at a time and actually applying that back into my life instead of living 72 hours in the future. I actually did that with the, uh, I'm laughing because I did that last week. I, I I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I heard on uh, a Joe Rogan podcast, I heard the, a natural supplement that was supposed to be really good. And when I was talking to you about this, I'm like, I'm going to the store and buying that thing mm-hmm. and I'm going to start taking it. It was before I went to see my doctor. Well, anyway, she, I, I, it was a, it was a natural root supplement. And anyway, I, she said, what's going on? And I tell her, and I said, oh, by the way, I started taking this and she just kind of gives me that blank look like you're I said what she said you're a dumbass because it's already in the stuff she had been giving me like consult me before you do something stupid from here on will you please consult the professional <laughs> you know yeah yeah <laughs> who would ever think that that's the smart thing to do like I, I don't ever like that's not my first route by the way uh and I think that's most <laughs> of our listeners too like our first route is not to listen to the professionals that have been doing this their entire life it's to listen to a podcast or listen to an article that we read and said, Hey, this is the quick fix right here. This is what's going to, this is what's going to make the difference. Oh yeah. This will solve all your problems right here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, I, I love quick fixes. That's that sure. I am. I, I am a man of action in the end, but I will have to go through a couple of those type of things where like, Oh, this is going to be the solution to all my problems. And it never is. And then it's always back to the original things that were, were taught to me 10 years ago of like meditate, pray, you know, do, do, do your readings, uh, you know, make an intentional life, do intentional life decisions. Like, right. Like those are the things that have worked and they're proven to work for a lot of people. Like that's, that's the thing is like when you're going into these clinical studies and all of this, like a lot of it is just like, be intentional, meditate. If you're spiritual, like spirituality has proven that some of the happiest people I've ever met are very, very spiritual. I'm not saying they're religious. Some are very religious and they, they abide by that. And I support that, but spirituality is a huge portion of, of, you know, your life and your happiness. Well, we're all spiritual beings. I mean, let's, let's be clear that, that there's a spiritual component to all of us. And it's, it's, how are you feeling that uh, void? Uh, if you're not, feeling it all it's some type of void and what are you filling it with and are you being intentional about it but uh you know those all those quick knee jerk that, that's why we have uh fast food places on every corner you know that it, it's it's really actually pretty hard to eat healthy oh, yeah. uh, you know it, it's a matter of discipline it's a matter of time and energy and focus you know to, to sit down and fix a meal is anywhere from 30 minutes to 90 minutes you know depending on what you're fixing and and uh, if it's healthy, you know, you can, you can go to the store and get a pizza that's done and you can throw it in there and be done in 15 minutes from eating. And goddamn uh, it, delicious. Can... <laughs> I have to say it like that is, that is my go-to man. Oh yeah. Frozen pizza. Oh yeah. And it's delicious. Don't get me wrong. I feel like shit afterwards. And I think you were talking last week when we were in Phoenix, you're like, oh man, I bubble gut from this pizza that I eat or, you know, and it's, <laughs> 
And the, the <laughs> fucked up thing is we'll do it again without without a yeah, second thought. For I sure. Don't care. It was disgustingly good. So I will eat it again. Uh, yeah, that's what I told my doc too. She's, she said, well, you're eating good? I said, yeah, I was actually eating fairly well and often uh, I was consuming a lot was what I meant. I was not eating that great. You know, yeah. it was, we, you know, we had some great meals at, and then if we were, if we had any downtime, because those road trips, man, those are, those are long days. Those are, you know, there's, they're physically, mentally, and emotionally, you know, that we're investing a lot in those days. And by the end of the day, you're just like, ah, grit, I'm going to Uber eats a pizza. Or I, I think in Salt Lake, I went to the subway twice, you know, and got some big old fatty sandwich. And it, it, anyway, it was just, there's just a lot to that, to that appetite to the food concept of taking good care of your nutrition intake and that's yeah that's it's okay so we've had a great conversation today we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up there's some wise words of brad because here's what i've learned about you is you are much wiser than your midwestern accent makes you sound <laughs> i couldn't help it right let's there. not get crazy yeah, here couldn't help it right there's there. plenty of people out there that tell you i'm a dumbass nah not in this circle at least <laughs> if there's some wise words that you can impart with somebody and and we're talking about success we're talking about seasonal depression we're talking about all that kind of stuff just some wise words that you can say and and this can be anything that to to leave this podcast with a thought and you know for someone to put some intentional meaning towards you know it was said to me um when i started down my aa road getting what you want is pretty simple it's not going to be easy, but it's probably pretty simple. And any wisdom I have is probably within that context of, you know, keep, keep what you want simple. Uh, keep it, keep it rudimentary, find out what you want, figure out what that is. The path is probably going to be difficult. Most of those difficulties um, probably surround telling yourself, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Or no, I'm going to deny myself that for a, for a bigger, broader, uh, more productive objective and uh that that would be my and, and being intentional about it that's that's an intentionality right there that's my probably simple probably not easy but it's probably simple what you want getting what you want that's our wwbd what would brad do moment of the week and uh, <laughs> it was a good one it was a good one no thank you brad um Look again, once again, thank you for everyone who listens. Uh, give us a, a follow or a like on uh, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any other platform that you may be listening to. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, I feel like we've been doing a little extra work there. Um, the gal that's been doing that, shout out to Haley. She's been doing a great job helping us with that. Uh, and check us out on uh, the nofapodcast.com, nofapodcast.com. Thanks. For sure. Appreciate you guys. We'll see you soon.
Chateau Recovery is a 16-bed treatment facility nestled in the foothills of the Wasatch Mountains in Midway, Utah. Chateau's First Responder Resiliency Program is designed to treat the unique challenges and issues that first responders encounter in the course of their careers. Chateau's comprehensive and highly individualized approach to treatment addresses more than just the presenting issues. It addresses the why. Each of their seasoned, trauma-trained, and culturally competent therapists utilize evidence-based, specialized therapies to treat trauma at its core and enable clients to begin the healing process while developing a resilient and healthy relationship with stress. Chateau Recovery is trusted by departments and agencies from around the country to treat responders and veterans. In fact, it is one of only a handful of facilities nationwide that is vetted and approved to treat members of the Fraternal Order of Police. For more information, or to speak to a representative, go to chateaurecovery.com or call 888-507-5031. No One Fights Alone is also sponsored by First Responder Trauma Counselors. First Responder Trauma Counselors are subject matter experts in proactive behavioral health care for frontline workers through their National Peer Support Academy. This 40-hour all-badges, all-uniforms, and all-scrubs educational experience helps to create caring, honest, and empathetic peer support relationships with your fellow frontline workers. The FRTC National Peer Support Academy is taught by actual first responders who have gone back to school to become culturally competent, licensed behavioral health clinicians that teach from lived experiences, not just theories from books. This fast-paced, immersive educational academy will not just change your life, it will help you save the lives of others. For additional details, visit 991overwatch.org or call 970-222-419-3. This could be the most life-changing academy you'll ever attend.